Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers played a preseason game last night. Kind of, but not really. It happened. I paid attention, but there really wasn't much to pay attention to. The Lakers uh, are now, oof, man, 0 for their last 11 in preseason games. Uh, LeBron James didn't play last night. Anthony Davis, again, didn't play last night. Russell Westbrook didn't play. Patrick Beverly didn't play. And, yeah, a lot of the <laughs> Timberwolves guys did. Gobert played. Anthony Edwards played. Carl uh, Anthony Towns did not, as he is still recovering from hospital stint. Uh, although it was great to see him up and about there at the game. Uh, it, the game happened. That that's about it. The Lakers got blown out in the second half after a fairly competitive first half. I thought some guys, you know, showed some some interesting things, including Lonnie Walker, who we saw for the first time. I don't have any hard hitting hitting analysis on Lonnie Walker, uh, given that we didn't see him next to any of the Lakers core players. But I will say that he is probably going to be responsible for some of the most frustrating plays that we see this year, but also some of the absolute most entertaining plays that we see this year. He's a wild athlete. He is capable of all kinds of crazy, crazy things on an individual basis. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to be kind of frustrating, but he is certainly going to be very fun out there um, when he has it going. Beyond that, though, not much really to, to, to glean from the game. Uh, the Lakers are going to move on. I am going to move on to a subject that Harrison and I discussed on the Lakers Lounge yesterday and that I wrote about for Silver Screen and Roll. When someone is forced to root for nepotism, the hope becomes that somewhere in that gene pool, someone is actually worthy of the opportunity they're unfairly in line for. Lakers fans find themselves now hoping that either Jesse or Joey Buss fare far better in the prominent roles than their older siblings have to this point, as reportedly they are assuming more responsibility in the organization. What would it mean, though? How would Jesse or Joey, whose focus for so long now has have been on the future, fit into an organization hell-bent on winning now? Even beyond those questions, at some point, it's fair to whether, wonder whether Jesse or Joey are incentivized to put their support behind keeping the 2027 and 2029 picks as they very well could be in charge of the franchise when those picks convey. Hell, if we really want to be cynical, doesn't it behoove them to nix any trade right now with Rob Palinka's seat as, hot as it is? If the Lakers don't meet expectations this season and Palinka gets fired as a result, there's a decent chance they'd assume his responsibilities, a promotion they would not otherwise get with him still employed. With all that in mind, it was certainly interesting to see, in the same graph of the Athletics reporting on the situation, that Jesse and Joey's voices are being taken into account in ways they weren't before and that apparently the Lakers' brain trust couldn't come to a consensus on whether or not to trade those two first-rounders. Quote, while Palinka has been given the ultimate power to make these decisions, sources say there was a desire for the entire group to come to a consensus. It appears the voices of Joey and Jesse Buss are being considered among leaders now more than ever. If they were going to gamble on a make-or-break move of this magnitude, the thinking went, then everything, everyone had to have confidence in the same vision. But when that wasn't the case, sources say... 
The choice was made by Palinka to remain patient and see, yet again, if Westbrook might find a way to make him this imperfect fit with the Lakers' work, end quote. And while we're considering their potential promotions, if the youngest bus brothers might be on the verge of taking over depending on how things go with Palinka, wouldn't they want those extra couple assets with which to rebuild post-LeBron James? By the way, we've seen this play out before. As Jim Buss was at one point ready to make an all-in move for DeMarcus Cousins, it was Jeannie who outranked him with an eye towards the future. Sound familiar? All this is most likely conjecture. If any of it was true, you'd have two high-ranking Lakers officials essentially rooting for failure, if not outright making sure it happens. Sure, both Jesse and Joey are hardworking and from all accounts very ambitious, but there's quite a bit of distance between ambition and cutthroat behavior. Do I honestly think all of this is going on? Probably not. But when the organizational ladder is as reliant on birthright as the Lakers is, such maneuvering can't be disregarded outright. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you check out the conversation I had with Harrison for more on that stuff. If you're interested in the palace intrigue that is the that comes with the Bus family and the way that the Lakers are currently operating, um, we also discussed how I think that because of how LeBron has looked to this point, that it makes more sense for the Lakers to to push all chips into the middle of the, of the table. Um, and 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 plenty of stuff on the peripheries of that. Oh, and we figured out who Harrison's industry doppelganger is because that is is it's just really important information. But until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.